So it is my great joy and privilege to invite Brian Ratif um, to the pulpit tonight. Um, Brian is the director of our Go Mobilization, so he looks after our missionaries, ministries, Hatfield Initiatives, children's homes. But um, more than that, he's had many adventures with God, so it's always exciting to hear from him. He also happens to be my dad. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, can I pray for you? Yeah. Yeah, Father, we lift Brian up to you. Thank you for the things that you've placed in his heart and in his spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you will just help him to convey what's on your heart tonight. Yeah, that you will just give him wisdom, put words in his mouth. And we pray, Lord, for your power to just be on him this evening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Darlene. Good evening, everyone. Thanks, Luke. Sure, I just felt to just, just to ponder a little while, just take another two, three minutes and just, just to close our eyes and just, just let the Holy Spirit just come and hove in this place because there was just a tenderness in the Spirit. I really, um, I thought um, those, the first lot of songs especially were just proclaiming and uh, speaking out about God and then just the presence and I love the presence of God. This church would not be here if it was not for the presence of the Lord. That's what birthed this church. So, Father, we just come. Come, Holy Spirit. Let your presence just fill this, this place now. Holy Spirit, we just love the tangible presence of the Father. That pray when you come, Holy Spirit, we just, we just love you, Lord. Lord, just come and just prepare our hearts, Holy Spirit, right now. Thank you, Lord. We just want to declare, Lord, that we fear you, Lord. We fear you in this place, Lord. We respect you. We honor you. Jesus, I just declare that you are King of kings and you are Lord of lords. We declare your sovereignty in this place. Holy Spirit, we declare that you have right of way in this place. And we submit and surrender totally to you. And now, Father, I pray that you will just come now during the word and after the word as we're going to ministry, that you will just minister into our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you're more excited to minister than we are even excited to receive because we are your children and you love us and it's just your, you, you just want to touch us, Lord. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your power. And Lord, I just declare tonight as well that your anointing, your power, your, your identity, Lord, my identity and the power on me and the anointing on me is in you, Jesus. It's not of any of the good works that I've done, but it is you, Lord. And so, Lord, I thank you for that you will speak. I pray that you articulate my words tonight, that you will speak clearly into our hearts, Lord, and help us 
We thank you, Lord. Give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to say that the presence of the Lord in Hatfield is what started Hatfield. Hatfield was a little Baptist church in Hatfield. <laughs> That's where it gets its name from, in the suburb of Hatfield. Of, I'm not sure it was about 100 people, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around there. And the Holy Spirit started moving in Hatfield, in the church. And as the Holy Spirit moved, more people came. And this was in the 80s, 1980s. And more people came, and eventually they had to... And, and what would happen is, um, at that time it was Pastor Ed Rabbit and Auntie Powell Rabbit. And Auntie Powell would just play the piano, or the organ. Not the piano, it was the organ. Little Baptist Church, and as she played the organ... The Holy Spirit, before the service even started, the Holy Spirit would just move and people would cry, come in and just be touched. And later they moved to, to uh, the, the movie theater and then they moved to a building that they, they built in Anderson Street and then they moved into a tent where they bought this property and there was a tent. That was when I came here, it was about 1985, came to the tent here and it was like that, you just come in. And the fear of God was just in that place. And the presence of God, you'd walk in. And the band would be playing softly. And Auntie Pell would be playing on the organ. And you'd sit there and everywhere around there, people would just be crying. As God was just moving and just touching people. That's how Hatful grew. And then, and then while they were in the tent, they built this auditorium. And so we've been really touched and really blessed by God's presence in this place. And there's been many prophetic words over Hatfield. And I believe we're going to see so much more still. We've been through about two revivals in this church. The one was in the, the 80s with the charismatic, when the church became from a Baptist to a charismatic. It was during a time there, I know as a student, I was a young student studying, and God was just, we were all coming out of very, very traditional churches, and God just started moving in our hearts, and we just came, it was like a revival time as we just came into the charismatic time and just experiencing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then, and then in, the, in, about, in the late 90s, 95, 96, 97, we had the Toronto blessing, where God just moved sovereignly by His Spirit. In this church, we had incredible things happen. It was for, what, two, three, five, six years, seven years. We used to have soaking meetings every single night. We used to come here every night. You remember, you were part of it. We used to come here every single night for, a, I don't know, two, three years. And we just have worship, awesome worship. And the presence of God would just be there. And then we'd pray and minister to people. Eventually, after late in the night, everybody would be on the ground as God was just touching people and And just it, we just, it was just so awesome. We say, where is it? Well, it's not gone. <laughs> it's not gone. We, we, we still have glimpses of it. But let me tell you, it's coming again. It's coming again. We're starting to see God moving. God's coming. It's coming again. And so tonight, the theme that we've been having over the last little while has been hearing God's voice. And I just want to say it's very significant, extremely significant in hearing God's voice. And for this church, it has been a key thing. I remember in a, 
I took down a correction, I think it was around about 90, the late 80s, somewhere around there, um, Pastor Ed, the, the, the pastor of the church at that time, he, he felt the Lord was speaking to this church and said that we needed to hear God's voice. And we started a series on hearing God's voice. The series lasted for two years. You know, you get people that catch it quickly, you get people that catch it a little bit later, and people that never catch it. And, and some of us, the young people, always seem to catch things quickly. It's true. Okay? And I remember I was a young person. Trudy, you, you probably remember that. We were young, and we were at, at one stage so tired of Pastor Ed preaching on hearing God's voice. But we caught it. And this church caught it. And it's exciting that we're back again at a time talking about hearing God's voice. And so tonight, the theme, or today, the theme Pastor Louis preached this morning, and they've asked me to speak tonight on me and prophecy. Hearing God's voice through prophecy. Now, I don't know about your exposure to prophecy, but can you imagine living in the Old Testament? Being the prophets in the Old Testament. Hectic, eh? And a third, of the, a third of the Old Testament is all the prophetic books. Can you imagine some of the things Ezekiel? God tells Ezekiel he had to go and eat, he had to eat a, a scroll. For those that prophesy here, can you imagine God telling you, eat the Bible? <laughs> and then later, God tells Ezekiel that he must go lie on his side for 390 days. I think it was his left side. He had to go lie on his left side for 390 days. I suppose he was allowed to get up to go to the toilet and to eat or something. I don't know. But he lay on his side for 390 days to bring across a message for God. And then after that, he had to lie on his right side, I think, for 40 days. Yeah, imagine that. Isaiah, he had to walk through Jerusalem nude with no clothes. Go read it in the Bible. Isaiah 20. He had to walk through the Jerusalem without any clothes, not even shoes. It says he couldn't wear his sandals. He had no clothes on, and he had to prophesy, and he had to, and he had to preach. Jeremiah. In all the years of Jeremiah, none of his prophecies came about. Only after he died, any of his prophecies came true. They call him the weeping prophet. But never mind that. At one stage, I think it's in Jeremiah 13, Jeremiah had to go and he had to get some underwear. And he, put the, he had to put this underwear on and he had to wear it, I think it was something like three months or something, without washing it. Now, I'm sorry to go read it, it's in the Bible. Can you imagine the smell? Because <laughs> God wanted to bring through a message. And then worst of all, later he had to go to a certain place, I think he had to walk at something like a few hundred kilometers, and then he had to go and bury it, it looks like he buried it in the ground, and then he had to go back again, and then it was all rotten, and he had to put it on again to prophesy. Okay. What about Hosea? He had to marry a prostitute. Okay, I'm coming to an end. <laughs> I think you're all happy we're living in the New Testament. And then... If you didn't obey God as a prophet, you got swallowed by a whale like Jonah. So I'm very grateful that we're living in the New Testament. I think prophecy could be quite weird in the Old Testament. But we're living in the New Testament. 
But just a little bit around, just a few minutes around my story. I remember I came out of a Baptist church I lived in, uh, where I lived. And for all my life, I grew up in this little Baptist church. And we didn't actually believe in prophecy and all the gifts of the Spirit. And coming out of this environment, coming into Hatfield when I came to Pretoria to come and study as a student, it was quite weird coming to church and hearing prophets prophesy. And uh, we did have some strange prophets at that stage as well because it was, just, it was the beginning of the charismatic time and um, we had some, some interesting people. We had the ministry mic all the years and uh, we had this one guy didn't even know how to say his name, Will Nighty. <laughs> and he got, <laughs> But he prophesied correctly and accurately. Then we had, uh, we, we had uh, Pastor Dave Griffiths. We used to call him Wimpy. He, he was a, uh, an oldish man. But he really glowed with Jesus. I don't know if it was his cheeks were just very, very red or if he really glowed. But he used to sit on the stage. And, and in those days, the pastors used to sit behind Pastor Ed on the stage. And his, his, his cheeks used to be red. And it looked like he glowed. But, but, but he was a very, very anointed past, uh, uh, prophet. And I did a course once with him where he taught us about all the gifts of the Spirit. And gave us examples, and he really got us going and, and really powerful. And I remember when he came to discernment of spirits, how he explained how he used to look at people and see the demons in them. <laughs> he would see the evil stuff, and he, he says he didn't like it. But I tell you, we didn't want to go to the ministry, Mike, when he sat on the stage. Because you were too scared that he would see something in you. <laughs> I'm not joking. We were scared of the ministry, Mike. Okay. But as the time went on, we started learning more about God's heart for prophecy and what God did. I remember the very first time that I ever received a prophetic word from a, an international prophet. Debbie, my wife, and I, would, we were just married a few months, I think it was. and Two years, okay. Sorry. Okay. Two years. Okay. <laughs> I won't tell you how long we've been married. <laughs> Might get that wrong. But, but we were married two years, and we were at this place, and it was, a, it was yeah, the church, we young, well, not at the church, but it was a young adult's camp, called it the Encounters, and, uh, and Ed Trout came. And, and uh, he pulled us out, and he, prayed, and he prophesied over us. And uh, it really changed our lives drastically, because one of the things he told me he told us, first of all, he said to us, he told us our personalities in an incredibly spot-on way. And then he told us that we were perfectly matched, my wife and I. And that, that, I believe that that word has saved our marriage. Jokes aside, because we, it was a word, and I'm going to get into just now a little bit more about that, but I'm just giving an example, is that really, when, when God speaks a word like that, you know you're perfectly matched. That means God has matched us. But then he, uh, he also told me I had to listen to my wife. It took me 25 years to understand what he meant. <laughs> because I was sort of, you know, I would listen to my wife. Of course I listen to my wife. What's your problem, you know? <laughs> but you see, my wife's very prophetic. 
And I had to start listening to her, you know, when she speaks. I thought I was the spiritual giant in the home. And it took me 25 years to listen to my wife. But anyway, he did say that. And, um, and then he also told me then, at that stage, I was studying electronic engineering, and I was studying to be an engineer. And at that stage, he already told me uh, that God's got my number, and God wants to pull me out and pull me into that and a few things, which has really set a, a tone in my life. But I'll explain more of that just now. But there were also... Um, there was a times when I used to sit, we would sit and I really wanted a word from God and I'd sit in meetings or, and we'd come forward. I remember many times I'd go forward with everybody to get a prophetic word and I'd stand in the whole row and the, the people would go, the prophets would go one by one and prophesy over all the people and they come to me, they skip me and they go on. <laughs> and many times I got skipped over and over and over again. And I just, I just felt I needed to mention that because I'm sure I'm not the only one who gets skipped. Or I'd sit there and then, you know, you put on a nice bright shirt because you know the prophet's going to speak today and you, you sort of sit here on the side where you know he's going to, you know, my favorite is, yeah, I try and sit there where, where you, you know he's going to see you and you, you do everything you can and nothing happens. They skip you. And God had to deal with me. I was really offended by God on, on, on that, on being skipped by God. But you know what? I realize when I look back now over all the years, God is a time. And God knows. And that wasn't my time. It wasn't good for me to have a word that time. Because you see, God, prophecy and everything starts with relationship with Jesus. It doesn't start with a word. And I wanted a word above my relationship with God. And we can't just grab a word and run with it. That's not what it's about. It's about relationship with Jesus. And so God comes in his love. And I'm going to share a little bit just now. Now I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get some speed and, 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 um, and show you what it's all about. But I just want to mention, if you've been skipped, it's okay. God once said to me, he said, but Brian, you yummy. And it struck me. And I started listening to what the things that God was saying to me. Okay. I want to read from 1 Corinthians 14, and I'm going to do something that I don't usually do. I usually read out of the New King James Version, but I'm going to read tonight out of the Passion Translation, okay? If ever you want a nice Bible to just really soak in just the power of God and just soak in the power of the Word, I would try, the, it's called the TPT, the Passion Translation, it's not maybe a good Bible to study out of, but it's brilliant to just read. So I don't usually do teachings on that, but tonight I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read out of that. And I'm going to read in 1 Corinthians 14 from verse 1 to 5. Maybe it'll be better just to, to listen to me. You can read it later, but just listen as I read it, unless you've got the trans, that translation. So it's a little different. So verse 1, it says, It is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says, because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the Spirit. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up, and to bring them comfort. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress, while the one who prophesies builds up the church. I would be, lighted, be delighted if you all spoke in tongues, but I desire even more that you impart prophetic revelation to others. 
Greater gain comes through the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless there's interpretation so that it builds up the entire church. And then I want to go to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. 1 Timothy 1, verse 18 and 19, again in the, the Passion Translation. It says, Paul is speaking here to Timothy, and he says, So Timothy, my son, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry, in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you. With this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience. For there are many who reject these virtues and are now destitute of the true faith. A very interesting verse, isn't it? Use your prophecies to wage spiritual warfare. So what is prophecy? Just a couple of things very quickly just to sort of give you a little bit of a... a, a a basic foundation of what prophecy is. Prophecy, we find in the Old Testament all the way through that whenever God wanted to do something, was about to do something, where there's still many years to come, he would always speak it out. God would always tell people about what he's going to do. A third of the Bible is full of prophecies of Jesus. God spoke it out. And so we see that he makes known to us what is happening in heaven by telling us and often through the prophets and often through prophecy. God's desire is to make known to us what is taking place, what his plans and purposes are. And it's like God loves to, to tell us ahead of time. And, to, to, and it's something sovereign. It's a, prophecy should not be taken lightly. It's a fear of God. We're talking about God here. We're talking about heaven. We're talking about God's secrets. It's God's divine will and purposes that are spoken out in prophecy. It is then also declaring what God sees about you in heaven. You see, God knew you before you were even born. God sees you right now in heaven, but he doesn't see you just as you are now. He sees you already where you are in years to come. He sees you who you really are. He sees you as he created you to be. And so what God is doing when he speaks out prophetic words, it's often of who you are in his eyes. And it can change your life. And that's why he's promise, he gives you promises and he, gives you, he tells you things many times through prophetic words. And you say, but that can't be. But he's saying where he sees you in years to come. Then it is also God telling us, of how we fit into his purposes. You see, it's all about God. His plans and his purposes. You know, there's 7.7 .7 billion people on the planet Earth. How many of you have ever built a, a puzzle of about a thousand piece puzzle? Some of you? Have you ever built it without the picture? Okay, doesn't matter. It's like this. God's building a 7.7 .7 billion piece puzzle. He's got purposes and plans for the nations. He's got purposes and plans for this church, for our community, for our city, for your lives. But he wants to fit 7.7 .7 billion people into his plans and purposes. And each one of you is a little piece of his puzzle. Your little puzzle piece. Now, you know, if you've built a, a puzzle, what do you do? You take a piece, you look, and you look at the color, you look at the tone, 
You look at the picture on it, you look at the shape, and then you go and you try and fit it in to that picture. And I believe prophecy is like that about us. You see, the picture is God's purposes and God's plans for the nations. And what he does is he takes your life and he gives you a little bit of a color today through a prophetic word. He gives you a little bit of a shape tomorrow through another prophetic word. And he's always speaking to us. And he's giving us. And so we, we then go and we see where do we fit in to God's big purpose. Because that's God's plan. That's his purpose for you. You see, we, we often come and we say, oh God, what do you want for me? But God's actually saying, you actually want us to come and say, God, what's your plans and purposes? And how do I fit in? How do I fit into your plans for this church? How do I fit in your plans for the community, for my city and for the nations? Where do you want me? And that's many times, unfortunately, why we get sometimes the, pro- the prophecies a little skewed. is because we're looking at it about ourselves and not about God. But see it that way, that you are that little puzzle. And God is busy telling you the color and the shape because he wants to put it in to his big picture. Prophecy is about God sharing his heart with you. It's a love relationship. Love relationship with God comes first. Do you know that the, prophet, the, the apostle John... He was the one that loved Jesus the most, the Bible says. He laid on Jesus' chest during the communion time. It was interesting that it was John that wrote Revelations. It was John that God showed him all the secrets about Jesus and the revelations of Jesus and the prophetic things about what's to come. God will share intimate things with you when you're in a love relationship with him. That's why I think in my own life, there were many times where I was passed over. I was never, because it wasn't time, because my relationship with God was still developing. And I was wanting words for myself, not understanding that it's God's love for me. And I think it's it's very important. Pastor Louis mentioned this morning, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, talk about the gifts. Of course, uh, 13 is all about love, sandwiched in between 12, 12, and 14, the love. And I believe it's so important is that it's birthed in a love. So how does all this help you in your walk as a Christian? Firstly, in other words, how does prophecy, how does prophetic words help you in your walk as a Christian? It helps you to see how God sees you. I've already mentioned that. One word from God can change your life. I remember a story, well not a story, it's the truth, of a prophet that was speaking in a church and he was talking to, he was pulling out people and he was giving them prophetic words. And afterwards, the pastor came to him and said to him, you know, you were, I'm absolutely amazed how spot on God was in all the people. He, he spoke so directly about, so correctly about everybody. But there was one that you missed it totally. And the prophet said, well, I just shared what God told me. He said, well, you missed that one. He said, you see, that guy has left his, his wife and his children, and he's run off with a woman, and they're staying together. And you said that you started prophesying over him, telling him how much he loves God and how much God loves him and what God's plans are for his life and, and all about how God sees him and how precious he is to God. And the prophet said, that's what God gave me. That night, 
That man that had run away from his, his, his family, he went home after that word. He, got a, he heard that God loves him so much. He went home, he packed his bags, and he went back and repented and came back to his family. You see, he heard what God sees about him, and they changed his life forever. We were in Zimbabwe. Uh, we go, we take outreaches out to Zimbabwe, and about... Uh, not this year, last year, we were there and one of the, 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 the team members, she had a prophetic word for uh, one of the ladies there. And I was not too happy about it because I always tell the people, you don't prophesy babes and dates and, you know, babies coming and that. But this lady, she told this lady that you're going to have a boy. But this lady had been battling. She could not have children. And I went, oh, <laughs> as a team leader, I thought, oh. This year we went back, and guess what? This lady comes with a baby. She could not have a baby. But, this, but that declaration of the prophetic word over her, something interesting was that the scan had showed that the baby was going to be a girl. But when the baby was born, it was a boy. And the prophetic word was that you're going to have a boy. Number two, it helps bring direction and activation to your life. Prophecy helps bring direction and activation to your life. In 1 Timothy 4 verse 14, it says, Don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life, for it was imparted to you by the laying on of hands of the elders and was activated through the prophecy that they spoke over you. When God spoke to Debbie and I and told us to, to give up electronics, I'd been in electronics for many years, and he told us to give up my, my career, it was a big move. And there was a, but there was, God had spoken clearly to us, and there was a lot of people that had prophetic words, and, and, and small little words, just small little things that, that God, and that has kept us going. Those words. It's been an activation in our lives because it's kept this. It's not always easy. Things are difficult, but those words have kept us going. There's a guy called Leif Hetland. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he he was a small little Baptist pastor from Norwegian. Went to a place, got touched by the Holy Spirit. Somebody prophesied over him and and and, and said that you're going to be a light to dark places. A few, about a year later, nothing was happening. About a year later, he had a motor car accident. I think it was a car accident. I can't remember. He had an accident. He broke his back. He was lying in hospital. And these words were coming over in his, in his mind the whole time. And he's, he's starting to speak about it and he's asking God about it. A light to the dark nations. And while he's praying about it and praying about it, he, he, God heals him. He gets up and he goes to Pakistan. And, and he starts having crusades. Now, Pakistan is a Muslim country. He starts having healing crusades. And God starts healing the Muslims there. To this date, over the last couple of years, they've led over a million Muslims to Jesus. All through a prophetic word. Brings direction and activation. Number three, it brings encouragement, comfort, and it uplifts you. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3, I read it just now. Especially in difficult times, it can really bring encouragement to you. Number four, it prepares you for what is to come. It prepares you for the next season. Many times, while Hatfield, we've been through some shakings here and been on staff. It's been difficult. And, and about two years ago, I, I had to make certain decisions. And I said to the Lord, Lord, 
and, and, and God started taking me back to prophecies that had been given to me before and how God had spoken and prepared me for the season coming that when I got into it, I knew what to do. Number five, it builds up faith. You can imagine when you get prophetic words and, and you see them fulfilled or you see them starting to fit together and click together, your faith is built. Number six, there are such things as words of warning, but they're for protection. I remember we see in, uh, in, in Acts 11 verse 28, Agabus prophesied the great famine. In Acts 27, Paul, and then of course from that they collected food and they, they were able to go through the famine. In Acts 27, Paul prophesies a shipwreck, but he, he says that nobody will be harmed. And, and then he knew what to do. A few, quite a few years ago, I, was, I, I took a team to Russia. And uh, the day before we were about to leave with the team, somebody very prophetic phones me up and says, listen, they've been praying and God says that you shouldn't go because it's very, very dangerous. There's danger ahead of you and you shouldn't go. <laughs> Tickets bought, everything. I, but I'd heard from God. I'd heard to go. But it, it, I, I checked it out, and I, I got some people around us that were praying for us, and I asked them, what, what does this mean? What is this kind of prophetic word? And God started showing me, you see, we have to sometimes wrestle a bit with it and interpret what is God saying. And God started showing. You remember Paul got at one stage, they said he mustn't go to a place because he's going to be um, in, in chains. But he still went. And uh, God clearly said, he gave us certain things. I raised up a, a more powerful prayer base. I put certain things in place. I knew I had to go, but I knew there's going to be danger. When we got there, they, we, we were interrogated continuously by the police. And one, of the things, one day I was busy teaching. I was, while I was talking, the KGB came in, and they stopped us, and they wanted all our paperwork. And I'd received my paperwork about 10 minutes before that. There were some complications. And, and how God, but all the way through, we were harassed by the police. So we were prepared for it, and we got more people to pray for us. Okay, so I'm trying to show you it's positive, it's not negative. Okay, how do you get prophetic words? Well, you need to get involved in your community. You need to get involved in life groups, get involved in the church, get involved in meetings like this where people will come and they'll give you words. Secondly, God can speak personally to you. When you're sick, you pray for yourself. You can also ask God. There's a thing which we call journaling, and I want to encourage you now with this, is to sit and to write letters to God, to have coffee time with I call it coffee time with God, to sit and have coffee with God, have a relationship with God, and you say, okay, Lord, and then write down a letter to God, but then ask God to write to you and prophesy over yourself. And write down, my son, I love you. And write what the Lord gives you. I've got diaries, well, not diaries, I don't know what you call it, but I fill up books, okay, with, with words that God has given me. And, and, and two years ago, I spoke about it just now, when I had to go back, I had to make a certain decision. I woke up the one morning and, I, and we were in a place where we really needed a decision and, and, and I was hearing nothing from the Lord. Even my prophetic wife wasn't hearing anything from God. And, and, and it was... It was really, and as I woke up, I felt the Lord say to me, go look at your 2018, uh, uh, 2008 journal. That's all I heard from the Lord. I couldn't remember what in 2008, everything went well in 2008. Why? And I started reading through my journals in 2008, and I came across this one 
day, I had written a prophetic word over myself. And it was everything that the church was going through. Everything. And in those, that time, we were in a very good place. And I'd written everything. And, write it, and then it, 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 it told what the, the shakings that are coming and what's happening. And, then it's, and, then, and I'd forgotten all about that particular word. And then it came to a place where, where it said um, uh, what God's going to do. And that was exciting. God's going to take us out of it. But then the last sentence was what I must do. How's that? I couldn't hear God. God takes me back to one of my prophetic words. And he directs me and activates me. Okay, I'm just, so personal journaling. And then the third one is, you can speak the word over yourself. When we take the word, we take the promises of God and we speak it over ourselves. We prophesy it over ourselves because we're speaking what God has said over ourselves. Okay, now let's wrap this up. What do you do with prophetic words? So when people speak to you and they give you words, what do you do with those words? First, they need to be tested by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. By the word of God, obviously, if somebody says, go out now and go and kill somebody. I mean, that's oh, it's maybe a bad example, but it's, it's, it's not in the Bible. You, it's, it's totally opposite. You need to check if it's in the word. But obviously, many words are biblical, but does it apply? Then you have to, to go further. You, you don't judge the person. We judge the word. You know, in the Old Testament, they judged the prophets, and they stoned the prophets if they weren't good. Okay, in the New Testament, we don't judge the prophets. We judge the word. Okay? We can all make, make mistakes. And so sometimes a word over you can be a little bit different, uh, not right. Or we also interpret the words in our, the way we've grown up, in our religion, in the, I mean our tradition. Um, we, we, we have different interpretations of in the way we see it, which could be in, inaccurate. So we do need to test it. And one of the best ways to do it is, firstly, what is in your heart? Because many times God's already spoken to you about things, and then he comes and he gives you a word. What is in your heart? Is it in the Bible? What's in your heart? And, if you, and then a good thing to do is, if it's a radical word, then give it to your friends or to give it to your leaders and say, Check this out. Just the other day, Debbie and I were spending some time with an apostolic leader from, from uh, overseas, and, and he gave us a, a, a very powerful word. And so I took it. I've got a, um, a very close friend and, I to, uh, and a leader, and I took it to him, and I said, he has the words. I submitted it to him. Everything is biblical. Everything really agrees with my spirit, but would you check it? And he checked it. He came back and we had a long discussion. And he, and he felt in his heart it was right. And so when you come to a place now, if, if, if you're unsure about the word, and it, then you can put it, write it down and you put it away. That's fine. But when you've checked it out and you feel this is a word from God, you come to a place where you can then take it and Mary pondered on all things. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, she pondered on the things of Jesus and the, prophetic, the things that was, were done. We need to take that word and we need to power. Because remember I said, prophecy is a fear of God. Prophecy is from God. and we need to, Then we need to take that word and, and activate it in our lives. We need to stand on that word. We need to believe what God is saying. Because God is saying, if God says to you, you are precious to him. And he starts giving you certain things about your life. Take it. Don't just throw it away. Don't just put it somewhere and bury it. Because I used to do that. I, you know, we were very humble when we came out in the early years. And the prophet would put, oh, he gave us a beautiful word. We'd write it down and put it away. One day, a, 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 
a prophet guy got hold of me and he said, what are you doing with your words? God has given you so much. You need to stand on it. And, and it changed my life. When I started taking, what is God saying about me? This is the truth because that's what God sees about me in heaven. And we need to start standing on them by faith and say, thank you, Lord. That's what you're saying about me. I believe. I believe it. And when you get into circumstances and that, then you stand. There's been times when, when it felt like the carpet was pulled out from under us, especially in ministry and all kinds of areas. And then you take those words and you stand on them. But God, you said. And it builds my faith and it keeps us going. And so I want to encourage you. What I do, and that's yeah, just a little practical tip, is, I don't know if you know Evernote. Evernotes, I mean any notes that you want to use, but I use Evernotes, okay? Because it can, you can upload, in your Evernotes, you can upload audio files, Word documents, whatever, you can upload it. So what I do whenever I get anybody speaks a word over me, or if God speaks something to me, I, I've got my notes and I keep them all in chronological order. I keep the actual audio file, and if it's not too long, I, even, I write it out as well. And then there's times when, when every few months I take, I take my Evernotes and I go through it. I read through those words. And some, one or two would stand out. And then I spend some prayer time with them, touching on them, thanking God for them. And, and it's incredible how God just builds your, your, your faith and how he, he, he helps you move in the direction that he wants you to go. I was just so encouraged about five, six years ago, somebody... Uh, Elaine prophesied over me. She said to me, um, I see you in a country in South America. I don't know what the country's name is. It's somewhere on the right-hand side. Of course, I knew it was Brazil, and I still thought to myself, God, that is not on my radar, but that's fine. Okay. And last year, Debbie and I went to Brazil, and it was a life-changing time for us as we were there. Okay, how encouraging when I was sitting on the plane and that prophecy is coming back in my mind and I know and I'm saying, thank you, Lord. You planned and purposed that I be here today. You planned and purposed for me. That's why I'm going to get changed. I'm going to get touched because you said six years ago that you want to see me in Brazil. I knew it was in the will of God and I could stand on that word. Okay, finally, don't despise or mock prophecy. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 21. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Take what, it, what God has given you. It's precious. And, and hold it fast. Don't despise it. Maybe you're sitting here today and you have been hurt. Maybe somebody has said something to you that's not happened and it's, it's, it's expired. Maybe somebody said... Um, something and it came out totally different. Maybe somebody said something to you harshly. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe you have been offended. Forgive the person. Let it go. And then say, God, tonight I'm now open. Come, this is an important part of the Christian life. I embrace it. I take it. And so with that, I just want to say desire prophecy because it will help you in your walk with God. I'm not saying that you need to run after prophecy. Just run off to Jesus. Quiet time, your time with Jesus. But be open and desire prophecy. But put your relationship with God first. And out of that, God will speak to you. Amen.